My goodness. Good morning. Good afternoon. Whatever it is for you, I hope you are having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Today is Monday, February 12th. It is very late on Monday, February 12th, but it is still Monday. Still doing a Monday show. Can't wait to get into it. I admit, I am growing increasingly annoyed with college. I just like, I keep doing these, these classes and all these things that I just do not want to do. It's driving me nuts. I just I spent my whole day doing these tiny little assignments that are not helping me, be, me become a better broadcaster. They're not making me more invested in sports. I just like, I feel like I'm, I hit a wall and I'm really, really increasingly growing frustrated with college. I just, ugh, that's why I'm doing this so late. I had a bunch of assignments to do and I just like, oh, I'm frustrated, man. I, I really am. Uh, I want to start with this. Since February 3rd, 2002, the New England Patriots have been to eight Super Bowls. They've won five, but they've been to eight Super Bowls. And that's the number I really want to focus in on. I, ca- I don't care if you win or lose. You've been to eight Super Bowls. You are incredibly impressive and incredibly successful. So Lane Johnson, an offensive lineman for the Philadelphia Eagles, came out. And he said the Patriot way is a fear-based organization. He also said he would rather have fun and win one Super Bowl then be miserable and win five. Well, I don't know. I, I would rather win five. I, I like success, but maybe Lane Johnson doesn't. But pff, my goodness, there are there are so many reasons why this is wrong. I, I, I don't know where to start. Like I really, I, I just, I'm every time I read the quote, I'm like, you really said that? You actually believe what you're saying? Like I, I just, it's like one of those examples where a guy has a little bit of success and suddenly he thinks he can speak on behalf of every, everybody who's ever won and thinks he knows better than people who are massively more successful than him. I, I don't know. It's like, I just, like the guy who created a tiny little social media company is telling Mark Zuckerberg what to do. Like, come on, man. You had one win in your life. Uh, regardless, the Patriot way is to do your job or we will find someone else who can. And that's good. That's what I want to, that's the environment I want to work in. I like that. There are clear expectations. Yeah, I've worked for many, you may or may not know I work, I operate a camera for, and I've done that for many different sports networks. My favorite by far, I don't want to say that. One of my favorite sport net, sports networks to work for is Fox Sports. I, I really, really enjoy them because there are clear expectations. You show up, you work hard, and if you do that, you do well, you're going to get rewarded. There are very clear expectations. I would, I would compare uh, the culture of a football team like the New England Patriots or the Philadelphia Eagles to a family. You, it, their strict parents are not necessarily bad. Having strict parents is not necessarily a bad thing. But what is the purpose? Are you creating rules for the sake of rules? Or are you creating rules to help you be successful? After college, when I dropped out of college the first time, I moved into my best friend's family, and they were very strict, but they were also very clear. These are the expectations. These are the rules, and I knew that they were in place to help me succeed. They were not being a-holes. They were not trying to control me. They created these rules to help me be more successful. Everything the New England Patriots do points towards one goal, and that goal is winning a Super Bowl. Everything the Patriots do, their Patriot way, do your job, be quiet in interviews, everything they have created all points towards we're trying to win a Super Bowl. The expectations are clear and everybody knows the common goal. That's why veterans sign there. That's why people like James Harrison left Pittsburgh at the end of last season to go play for the New England Patriots. He knew he would have an opportunity to win a Super Bowl. That's it. 
And it's funny, behind closed doors, nobody says New England is bad. It, and what I, the reason I say that is because they've been going for like almost 20 years now. And we still haven't heard anything that there's a clear and healthy culture in the New England Patriots locker room. If there was, we would know about it. Again, people like James Harrison would not sign with the New England Patriots if everyone said, oh, don't go there. It's a bad culture. No, clearly that's not the truth. Tim Tebow, he played there very briefly. Tim Tebow, the good Christian guy, very honest. He speaks incredibly highly of Bill Belichick. He would not speak highly of the Patriots if there was something wrong with their locker room. He probably just wouldn't mention it. He probably wouldn't talk about it at all. But that's not what he does. Tim Tebow speaks very highly of the Patriots, and, and I trust him. I do. Uh, remember, remember Rex Ryan? Do you guys remember Rex Ryan? I do. He was a mess. We, and we knew that. We knew before Rex Ryan even left the New York Jets that he had a bad culture. We, we got leaks. We got reports of it. There was all kinds of turmoil uh, behind the scenes. Guess what? Right now, Rex Ryan is not a coach in the NFL. And there were many, many reports. Before we all knew he was dysfunctional, there were all kinds of little reports leaked out of the Jets locker room. Hey, uh, the New York Jets head coach, Rex Ryan, is a little bit dysfunctional. And the same exact thing happened when he left and went to the Buffalo Bills. We may only see one side of the New England Patriots, but we don't see the bad side. And that's because it doesn't exist. If, if the Patriots were awful behind closed doors, we would know by now. It's been almost 20 years. Bill Belichick is well-liked around the league. They might only show us to the media. They might only in interviews be quiet and keep to themselves. Those dudes are not miserable. If, if they were miserable, again, it's been 20 years. We would know by now. Bill Belichick is fair. There are clear expectations in the New England Patriots locker room. And I like that. That's a culture I want. Bill Belichick wouldn't tell you to do the dishes and then get mad at you for not buying yams at the store. He would say, did you do the dishes? Okay, good. Next thing. He would not get mad at you for something he didn't tell you to do. It's very clear. The expectations are clear. Do your job. You'll be rewarded. Do your job, and you can stay here and play with us. Apparently, you know, the, the Eagles and the Patriots apparently have very different, uh, very different cultures. And different isn't bad. Lane Johnson makes it sound like our way is the only way to be good. That's not true. There are many different ways to be successful and to be successful and do a good job. Different cultures work. Different, different parenting styles work. There's all kinds of different examples of different uh, different approaches be uh, helping you be successful. If you want to, there's a good movie I, I love. It's probably my third favorite movie of all time. It's Rush by Ron Howard. It's about Nikki Lauda and James Hunt, who were both Formula One racers, and they had completely opposite approaches to the game, and they both were world champions. Different approaches is not bad. Just because the Eagles and the Patriots do things differently does not make one better than the other. In fact, I would argue because the Patriots have been to eight Super Bowls and the Eagles have been to one. It's pretty clear uh, the Patriots do not have a bad culture. That, that, that's like absurd and ridiculous. I know I'm a Patriots. Everyone thinks I'm a Patriots fan. I'm not. I, I appreciate good cultures and good work environments. And man, the way the Patriots do it is so clear and obvious. It's fantastic. If I was going to take a job, I would want to work in a place like the New England Patriots. That is the organization I want. I want clear expectations. I want to know what my job is. And I don't want to get in trouble for things that are not my job. Again, if your mom says, do the dishes, and then gets mad at you for like not taking out the trash, you're like, dude, you, you told me to do the dishes. I'm sorry. I, I, I'll take the trash out. I'm happy to. But don't tell me you want something get mad at me for something else. In New England, the expectations are clear. Do your job. Don't talk to the media. Things like that. Doesn't mean they don't have fun. Behind closed doors, 
I think things are great because we would know by now. We would know 20 years in, uh, there's a problem in New England. It would have leaked out by now. But by the way, I will say, the one thing about the Eagles I love, did you guys see the Eagles underdog speech? Jason Kelsey, he's, you know, hungry dogs run faster. (laughs) Oh, I loved it. I, you know, I'll say, I'll say this. The Eagles sure look like they're having fun. Their, their, their celebration of the Super Bowl was incredible. It was really fun to watch. We have a great show today. I'm really excited. Uh, We're going to talk in depth. Can anybody beat the Golden State Warriors? And more specifically, how can the Cavs, what do the Cavs need to do and how can the Cavs beat the Golden State Warriors? We're going to talk about the Colts' new head coach. It is not Josh McDaniels. Uh, We're going to talk about three players the 49ers, I believe, should overpay for. There are three players the 49ers should target in free agency, and they should, if they need to, they should overpay to get them. We're going to talk about Johnny Manziel, and uh, I have a way too early 2018 NFL playoff prediction. I, I know it's kind of ridiculous in February to talk about the NFL playoffs for next year, but I think it's interesting because I want to see how our expectations now change over the course of the offseason. All right, I want to jump into the next topic. Oh, before we go, remember, you can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find the full entire hour-long podcast on YouTube. You can also find my shorter, best, most interesting clips on YouTube. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. If you like this podcast, do me a solid. Help me out. Help me grow Strong Opinion Sports by telling your friends about this podcast. I knew I was forgetting something. I almost moved. I almost rushed right on. I was like, no, I got to do the pitch. I got to tell you guys to subscribe and share and all that dumb stuff. Um, I mean, that is important. That is how we grow. Uh, I, I do want to say, um, I, I forgot what I was going to say. I had something. I had one more thing. I was going to. One more thing I want to add to this. We might be talking about, it depends on time. I may talk about which quarterback uh, will be, which quarterback from this year's NFL draft will be the best. That's a topic I'm, it, it depends on time, how long this podcast goes. I, I'm perfectly fine just moving that back to Wednesday if that is necessary. Uh, I want to, so I want to start with this. This is a story to help you understand the Cleveland Cavaliers. I woke up this morning with a text that said, are you ready for the test? And I was like, what, what, what test? What are you talking about? My buddy, my buddy Ryan texted me and I looked at my phone and I was like, oh no, because every Sunday I prepare a list of these are the, my checklist for the week. These are the things I need to do in school this week. And a a testing guitar class was not on the list. And yes, I know I'm, I'm studying broadcasting, but they forced me to take guitar class. It's frustrating. It's it's a reason why I think college is dumb, but regardless. Um, so it's 8am and I have a class at 10am and I, I know I have two hours to study for a test. I had no idea was coming. I wasn't prepared for. But there are four things on this test. There is, you have to listen to music, and then from that music, say the name of the artist, say three unique facts, and talk about the instrumentation. Now, I have no idea what instrumentation is to this day. I I don't know. So I said, you know, instead of, I have two hours, I'm not going to study that one. I'm going to cut that out. I'm going to focus on the name of the artist, three facts, and the style of music they play. This was a bad situation. I was probably going to fail. But I figured, how can I put myself in the best situation possible to be successful? Took the test today. I killed it. I did awesome. Instrumentation was barely mentioned on the piece of paper. I was so grateful. I knew my strengths. I chose my strengths and went for them. So at the NBA trade deadline, that is what the Cleveland Cavaliers did. They said, how do we take a bad situation where we're probably not going to be successful? How do we take a bad situation and do everything we can to put ourselves into a position where we can be successful? I mean, the Cavaliers did that. They, They made a ton of trades. They got younger. They got better at shooting. They got better at defense. They gave themselves a chance. They said, 
we're in a bad situation. We're going to play the Golden State Warriors, who are far superior, have a way better roster than us. How can we put ourselves in a position to be successful against the Warriors? Like, the Warriors have Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Kevin Durant, and Klay Thompson. They have four all-stars, perennial all-stars. This is ugly for the Cavs, and they had to do something and hope for the best. Now, last night, the Cleveland Cavaliers beat the Celtics 121-99. The Celtics were trying to win, by the way. The Celtics were doing a night where they honored Paul Pierce. They were in it to win it, and yet still, the Cavaliers looked like, I mean, they looked like they had fun. The Cavaliers looked like they were having a good time. They, they won easily. They won walking away, and they played fantastic. We saw like a rejuvenated, I'm sure people use, I didn't listen to any sports radio today. I'm sure people use the word rejuvenated LeBron James a lot. I apologize for doing the same thing, but that's what I saw last night. I was like, wow, LeBron just, he looks different. He's making, he's making passes. He looks excited on the sidelines. You watch him celebrating with his teammates. Look, the Cavaliers cannot beat the Warriors. I'm sorry. Their roster is better. Again, they're better at shooting, better at defense. They're younger, but that, that doesn't mean they're able to beat the Warriors. That's not true. But if one of the four stars for the Warriors do get injured, then the Cavs have a chance. If someone on the Warriors gets hurt, the Cavaliers do have a chance to win in that scenario. And that is the benefit of the trades they made. They put themselves in a position to be successful. They said, what are our strengths? What do we need to do? How do we do that best? I got lucky today. I got lucky that the test was not about instrumentation. The test was about the other three things I did focus on and did study. But it paid off. I took a risk and it worked. And that's what the Cavaliers also did. They said, look, we're still going to need a lot of help. We're going to need one of the guys to get injured if we want to even compete with the Warriors. But they did that. They put themselves in the best position they possibly could to be successful. The Cavs are going to need help. But, but they have the Rockets and the Thunder. The Rockets have beaten the Cavs. The Rockets have beaten the Warriors two of the three times they have played them this season. They added Chris Paul this offseason. And they look better on defense. They are much improved. I think they went from 18th or 8th right now, I believe, in defense in the NBA. They're, they're a much better team than they were last year. And the Thunder just smashed the Warriors. That is with a caveat. Uh, the, Cavs, the Warriors had kind of an off night. Did I say Cavs? The Thunder just smashed the Warriors. They, they absolutely took them to task. Now, the, the Warriors had kind of an off night shooting. I think they're ready for the all-star break. They want a break to rest. But regardless... I believe the Warriors could be significantly challenged in the playoffs. And so by the time they make it to the finals, by the time they play the Cavs, we could see a tired, worn out, kind of beat up Warriors team. And if that's the case, that is a team the Cavaliers could take on. So in the, in the playoffs, the Cavs could have an advantage if, and only if really, if the Cavs, if the Warriors are kind of banged up, maybe Steph Curry gets hurt, he's gotten hurt in the past, maybe Kevin Durant or... I don't think Draymond Green gets injured. I just don't think he does that. Maybe Klay Thompson. I don't know. But if someone on the Warriors gets hurt, then the Cavs have a chance. And that was a benefit of their trade. They made them better next year. They made them better now. And they gave them an opportunity. If a window opens where the, the Warriors are vulnerable, the Cavs are ready to finally compete with them. And that was the benefit of their trade. So I, I was pretty harsh. I said, look, I, I still don't think the Cavs have a chance to beat the Warriors. But if they get help, if the stars align then the Cavs could possibly have an opportunity to beat the Warriors in the NBA Finals. Here's what's probably going to happen. What's probably going to happen is the Cavs and the Warriors are going to play for the fourth year in a row in the NBA Finals. I'm going to hear all this, oh, it's bad for the league. 
I can't believe that I'm frustrated. Why, you know, there's no parity. Nobody's uh, no equivalent. There's no everyone's dominating everything. Guys, dominance is not bad. We act like the Warriors and the Cavs playing each other a fourth time would be a bad thing. I mean, we're not there yet, but when we get there, I'm sure that's going to be a narrative all over the place. People are going to say, I can't believe the Warriors and the Cavs are playing again in the NBA Finals. It's not a bad thing. I'm incredibly interested. Can the greatest team, in my opinion, of all time, can the Golden State Warriors, with four perennial all-stars, can they lose to LeBron and his team of, not misfits, but whatever they are, this grouping of guys, can they beat the Warriors? Because every year it's like, we see it's like we see a little a guy we see LeBron James take on Goliath every year. He he gathers all the stones as the best he can. Can he take out Goliath? Can he take out the Golden State Warriors? It's like he regroups every year, and well, let's let's give it a run this year. See the best we got. I think it's interesting. But the problem that people are people will be. I promise you, there will be narratives out there. The people will say, "Is the Warriors and the Cavs for a fourth time? Is that bad for the NBA?" No, it's not. It's not. It's interesting. I just, I, I don't think, here's an example. The Steelers, the Cowboys, the 49ers, and the Patriots, they combine for 21 of the 52 Super Bowl victories in the NFL. They have 21 of the 52 Super Bowls ever in the NFL. That's crazy. That's domination. I read an article yesterday. Eight rich men own as much wealth as half the world. These are guys like Jeff Bezos of Amazon. Bill Gates from Microsoft. That's domination. Eight dudes, eight dudes in the world have as much money as half of the entire planet. That makes me feel like nothing. I mean, I'm never going to be close. That's domination. That's everywhere in the world. 13 NFL franchises have not won a Super Bowl. And the Texans, the Jaguars, the Lions, the Browns have never even been to a Super Bowl. The world is filled with domination. It happens everywhere all the time. It's not a bad thing. That's life. Accept it. Move on. Domination's not bad. I think the Warriors, the Cavs, that's an interesting NBA Finals that I want to see. I called my dad yesterday. Uh, and it was, I love my dad so much. He's, he's one of my favorite people in the world. Um, I called my dad. And he, he pointed something out to me. Yesterday, my dad pointed out to me uh, over a phone call. He said, if you're happy and content, don't mess with it. You, you have a formula that works. And that got me thinking about Josh McDaniels. And I realized maybe Josh McDaniels, he looked inside himself and just thought, you know, I love it here. Why would I screw that up? Why would I leave New England if I'm incredibly happy? My kids like it here. My wife likes it here. I have a good gig. I play with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Why would I screw this up? I'm happy. Yeah, you know, I honestly think too, he might have thought, look, I have a few more years to learn from the greatest coach of all time, Bill Belichick. Is that possible? He can work with Bill Belichick and work with Tom Brady, who, in my opinion, is the greatest quarterback of all time. But even if he's not, even if he's second or third, you want to work with that guy. If I was working with Colin Cowherd, my favorite broadcaster growing up, and he was about to retire and hand me the keys to the Jaguar, dude, I'm going to take that. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, if I had the option, move to a small market in the Midwest or Colin Cowherd's going to give me the keys to the farm, I'm taking working with Colin. I want to work with the best. And that might be what Josh McDaniels did. He said, look, I have an opportunity here to be, I'm happy, I'm content, I love my job, and I'm around the greatest of all time. It's very possible. Another interesting comparison I found with Josh McDaniels is Josh McDaniels being compared to Nick Foles. 
it's very possible that Nick Foles, who just won a Super Bowl MVP, just goes back to the bench. He might just stay in Philadelphia. He might like his job. Nick Foles could be incredibly content in Philadelphia. He may not want more. He may just be like, look, I like my life. It's good. I'm happy. Why would I mess with it? It's very possible. I just, we're so quick to make decisions about Josh McDaniels. We don't really know what happened. And it's very possible the man was just like, look, I like my job. I work with the greatest of all time. Maybe quarterback of all time, but definitely best coach of all time. I've got a good gig. My kids like it here. I'm happy. And don't screw with happy. Now, the Colts just hired Frank Reich uh, to be their new head coach. And this is a great move. I love this move. I think this is fantastic. Frank Reich just won a Super Bowl as the Eagles offensive coordinator. What do I always say? You must have a quarterback to win a Super Bowl. You cannot be successful in the NFL if you do not have a quarterback. Now, you can say, well, look at the Eagles. The Eagles won a Super Bowl, and they had Nick Foles, a backup. The the Eagles won a Super Bowl without their franchise quarterback. Don't forget, Nick Foles played incredible. You can say, well, the Eagles didn't have a quarterback, and they won a Super Bowl. That's not actually true. The Eagles won a Super Bowl with a quarterback that was playing fantastic. You need a quarterback to win, regardless. Any sport ever, you have to win with a quarterback. You need a quarterback in the NFL to win. Now, I like Frank Wright. Look, Frank Wright knows backups. Frank Reich played backup uh, in Buffalo. He filled in a lot for Jim Kelly, and he, he even played in the Super Bowl. The dude has had much success as a backup, and he made Nick Foles play well. He's worked with backups before. Now, there are two schools of thoughts about the Indianapolis Colts right now. One is that Andrew Luck is healthy. Andrew Luck's fine. They're good for the future. The other school of thought that people have is Andrew Luck is not healthy. Either one is interesting to me. I think that, you know, maybe the reason why Chris Ballard, the Colts general manager, was so mad when Josh McDaniels backed out of the contract is maybe he thought, this is going to work. Andrew Luck's healthy. Josh McDaniels is going to be our coach. This is going to work. And maybe that's why he was so upset because he thought he had something really great. The other school of thought is that Andrew Luck is hurt. Uh, I'm kind of more there. I'll believe it when I see it with Andrew Luck. Why, why is there so little information about Andrew Luck? I just don't buy it. I don't believe it yet. I'm not ready to believe in that. But the good news is the Indianapolis Colts have Jacoby Brissett. He's a great backup, and he might even be a good enough starter to be kind of on the Case Keenum level. He's like good backup. He's a great backup to middle of the road, good enough starting quarterback in the NFL. And again, Frank Reich knows backups and he knows quarterbacks. This is great. This is a great move. Frank is a great hire in Indianapolis. I love this move. Remember why they got rid of Chuck Magano? They got rid of Chuck Magano because they wanted help with quarterbacks. And Frank Reich understands quarterbacks. That is his strength. This is good. Either way, whether it's Andrew Luck or Jacoby Brissett, you got a guy who can help with your quarterback situation. And that is smart. You got a guy who knows quarterbacks. Mission accomplished. Frank Reich is a great hire in Indianapolis. I God, I hope I'm saying his name right. I'm I'm 95% sure that's right, but you never know. I'm I'm so bad with names. I'm I'm literally like terrified to say people's names on this podcast because I'm afraid that it's not right. I'm I'm just I'm always always terrified of that. All right, let's talk about the San Francisco 49ers. Uh there are three targets I believe the San Francisco 49ers should go after and even overpay for. 
And when I say overpay, what I mean is if their team gives them this amount of money, they should go above and beyond that. I would oh, I would outbid the team, other teams on the list because I want these three players and I think they're worth it. The three tar- targets are Ziggy Ansah from the Lions, Malcolm Butler from the Patriots, and Brandon Coleman from the Saints. We've talked about them before, but I want to go a little more in depth. Because Ziggy Ansah will cost the most. But I think he's worth the risk. I think he's got the most upside. If Ziggy Ansah is successful, my goodness, this would give the 49ers a fantastic pass rusher who would make a lot of, he, he, would, he would cause a lot of disruption for quarterbacks. I would sign him to a two or three year deal and he would cost about $20 million after uh, after his signing bonus this year. So by the way, here's what I wish I'd mentioned. The 49ers have about $62 million of cap space right now. And I'm going to say they're going to spend, if I'm them, I'm going to spend about $30 million in free agency. No more, probably less, but definitely not more than $30 million because you want $30 million left for the draft and for anything else that goes on. But again, those three targets, Ziggy Ansah, Malcolm Butler, and Brandon Coleman, I like them. I would overpay for them. So Ziggy Ansah will cost the most. He'll probably cost around $20 million because of his signing bonus. But I would go after him. He's the number five overall pick. He does have injury concerns, but that's why I would sign him to a two- or three-year deal versus a five- or six-year deal. I don't trust him, but I have a lot of caps. If I'm the 49ers, you have a lot of cap space. He's worth the risk because his upside is incredibly high. If you can get Ziggy Ansah on track, my goodness, I would roll the dice. I really would because I want to roll the dice to win. I think if Ziggy Ansah pays off, it's a huge, huge signing. Tons of upside. I really like Ziggy Ansah. The other guy I would sign is Malcolm Butler. Malcolm Butler is a lot more of a sure thing. Well, you know what you're getting with Malcolm Butler. I trust him. Tom Brady vouched for him the other day. I think Malcolm Butler is a guy who can contribute and start for the 49ers next season. He's never made more than $4 million uh, with the Patriots. I'd offer him six. Outbid the Patriots, get a new starter for the 49ers. That's what this whole topic is about. I would outbid the other teams that want them. Now, Brandon Coleman is a wide receiver for the New Orleans Saints. He was an undrafted free agent, and he's never been more than a million dollars against the cap. He was paid $600,000 last year. And he only had 23 catches last year, so I think he's actually kind of a steal. He's 6'6", 220, and I really believe he should outbid the New Orleans Saints and bring him to San Francisco. You can get him cheap. He's less than a million. You can probably, I would sign him for a million dollars. That's probably what it'll take to outbid the New Orleans Saints. But he really could be a steal. Brandon Coleman is a great wide receiver uh, that's kind of undervalued. I don't know that the market uh, is value, valuing him as much as he could, especially with Kyle Shanahan's offense. I like Brandon Coleman a lot more than Martavis Bryant. Martavis Bryant, he's expensive. He wants a lot of money. He wants a lot of recognition. I don't want to play with a guy like Martavis Bryant. But I like that. I think if you're, if you're Brandon Coleman and you have the opportunity to play with Drew Brees or Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm going to pick Jimmy Garoppolo. More, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is younger. He's got more upside. He's got more years left. You make more money in San Francisco. I really think the three guys that the 49ers should go after and should outbid. Outbid the Lions for Ziggy Ansah. Outbid the Patriots, which shouldn't be hard, for Malcolm Butler. And outbid the Saints for Brandon Coleman. Take a risk. These are the three guys I would take a risk on and say, these are my dudes. I'm going to go after them. I'm going to pay them more money than the next guy. I want, I want Ziggy Ansah, Malcolm Butler, and Brandon Coleman. Again, Ziggy Ansah is the one that's the biggest risk because he's had a lot of injury issues. He's a big, he's high risk, high reward. 
Ezekiel Ansah paid off. He's incredible. If he if he can stay healthy, he would bring a lot to the 49ers roster. All right, I want to stick with the 49ers really briefly. I believe the 49ers are a playoff team. I want that very clear. I do believe the 49ers are a playoff team. But I read an article last night that said the 49ers are playoffs or bust. And and I just don't think that's true. I don't think if the 40 if the 49ers miss the playoffs next year, it's not the end of the world. You got to remember, why did you pay Jimmy Garoppolo all of that money? Cuz Jimmy Garoppolo brings the 49ers hope. He gives you hope for the future. Remember, two years ago, in 2016, the 49ers were 2-14. and 14, And before Jimmy Garoppolo, they were awful. I mean, they had, they had good pieces in place, but they were not a good team that was winning games. They had close games. They, they almost beat the Rams with Brian Hoyer. But guys, come on. Remember that the 49ers just built a new stadium, and they had a lot of empty seats. So I believe the 49ers will be in the playoffs. But if they're not, don't panic. Do not. The 49ers are still in rebuilding stage. They're, they're ahead of schedule. But Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch were signed to six-year contracts because the, the, the belief was the 49ers would take time to rebuild. They're far, far ahead of schedule. But the 49ers are not playoffs or bust. That is not the position they're in. I, I think they're a team that I really believe could even make a Super Bowl run. So it's kind of absurd to make this point anyways. But if, the, if for some reason the 49ers didn't make the playoffs... It's not the end of the world. They're still re- expectations are high, and they should be, but they're still in a rebuilding phase. They're going to draft. They have a lot of picks this year. They're going to hit the draft really hard. They're going to hit free agency really hard. They're still trying to build their roster. So be patient with the 49ers. I think it, you're a little harsh if, if for some reason they miss the playoffs. It's not the end of the world in San Francisco. They have a great quarterback. I think one of the best in the NFL. A great coach, a great general manager, and they're on the up and up. Two years ago, two and four. Next year, they're in the hunt for the playoffs already. Not to mention the guys they're going to sign in free agency. Just, I'm just saying, have high expectations. It's very important. I, I expect a lot from the 49ers. But if for some reason they didn't make the playoffs, don't forget where they were two years ago. They're, they're still in the up and up. They're still building. They're still in a rebuilding phase. So the 49ers are not playoffs or bust. But I do think they're a playoff team. I want to make that very clear. I don't want to get hate for this topic. I'm afraid of that. I just I think we're... Don't get ahead of yourselves. Relax. The 49ers are great. They're going to make the playoffs, I believe. Might even compete for a Super Bowl. But if for some reason they don't, it's not the end of the world. It's really not. So who will be in the NFL playoffs next year? I, I want to talk about this. This is my way too early 20, any, uh, 2018 NFL predictions. These are the teams that I believe will make the playoffs next year. So why do this in February? Why is it the middle of February and we're already talking about this? Here's why. I am curious how this will change over the course of the offseason. So, like, by August, are we going to have a completely different perspective? Are we going to say, oh, wow, I can't believe we thought that team was going to be in the playoffs? Or are we going to say, oh, wow, I can't believe we didn't realize that team was going to be in the playoffs? It's fun now to get a gauge so we can look back on later. These are the teams I think will make the playoffs in the NFC. You have the Rams. I think the Rams are poised to go back. The Rams have Sean McVay. They're in their second year with Jared Goff playing really well. I believe in the Rams. I think the Rams will make the playoffs. I also think the 49ers are going to make the playoffs. The 49ers have a great young coach, great general manager. 
an owner that seems to believe in them and he's giving them patience. And you got, of course, Jimmy Garoppolo, my favorite quarterback in the NFL. I think he's fantastic. I love watching him. And I think the 49ers are on the up and up and absolutely will make the playoffs next year. Next, you have the Green Bay Packers. Packers are interesting because they have Aaron Rodgers. And again, the question is, how far can Aaron Rodgers carry them? You also have the Vikings in their division and the Lions. I think the Vikings are out. They're going to have a really tough division, or sorry, a really tough schedule because they want they have a first place schedule, and they're going to be kind of hungover. They had a great year last year, and it's when you have a year like that, often with young teams that haven't been there before, you see a drop off, like the Falcons had last year, or the Seahawks a couple uh, two years ago. It's just what happens. You see teams reach such high highs, and if they aren't used to it, they go back down to low lows. I think the Vikings are not going to be in the playoffs. They also don't know who their quarterback is. The Lions are not going to make the playoffs either. Remember how competitive the NFC is. So my, the teams I'm choosing are the Packers, the Saints, the Eagles, the Cowboys, the 49ers, and the Rams. And there are a couple other teams that are really fantastic in the NFC. I think the Lions are sadly the odd man out. The Lions, the Seahawks are not going to make the playoffs, and the Falcons will not make the playoffs. So why do I believe the Saints are in the playoffs? First of all, I think the Saints are going to be one of those teams that has their head down and just gut it out through all year because they're, they're ready for the playoffs. The Saints should have made it farther in the playoffs this last year. I think we're going to see a very serious professional team in the Saints that just week to week got their head down, bam, 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 methodically moving through the season, trying to get to the NFL playoffs and ultimately a Super Bowl. And the Eagles are interesting. The Eagles are going to have a first-place schedule. But they also have MVP candidate Carson Wentz coming back. And I think that's the difference. Even though you're going to have a tougher schedule, you're also going to have Carson Wentz back, which offsets the difference. And the Cowboys are the team I'm choosing to be in the last playoff spot. The Cowboys will make the wild card spot, in my opinion. They have an easier schedule than last year. They'll have Ezekiel Elliott all season. And I think Dak Prescott's going to make another step forward. I really do. I believe in Dak Prescott. I think he's awesome. And I like him as a leader. I really like Dak Prescott. So the teams that are not in the playoffs. So the teams in the playoffs, the Rams, the 49ers, the, Fa- the Packers, the Saints, the Eagles, and the Cowboys. I explained why I think the Vikings are not going to make the playoffs. I think the Lions are also left out. But the Seahawks are in trouble. The Seahawks division got even better. We, the Rams are fantastic. The 49ers are fantastic. The Cardinals are a mess, but the Cardinals always seem to bring it to the Seahawks. The Seahawks are in trouble, man. Russell Wilson seems like he wants more money. There's a rumor out there that that's the case. Your aging stars, and they're not looking any younger. Richard Sherman doesn't look younger. The guys you have on defense, want they want to get paid the money they're getting paid, but they also aren't playing the same level. So I would trade them. They have a lot of decisions to make this offseason. Seahawks are interesting, and I think the Seahawks are going to make the playoffs because of how competitive the NFC is. And the Falcons. The Falcons lost the Super Bowl last year. And they were kind of hungover. So this year they should be back. But because of how competitive the NFC is, I'm just not seeing the Falcons making the playoffs next year. I'd love to be wrong. It's possible. But I think Kyle Shanahan was really special for them. And without him, they're still really going to struggle. Now, who's gonna make the, who are going to make the playoffs in the AFC? Yeah, the Patriots. I, I think the Patriots are going to be back with a vengeance. Their division is still incredibly easy. And there's no one really to challenge them in the AFC. I think the Patriots are back in the playoffs next season. The Steelers are back. Then their division is pretty weak. 
The Ravens are okay. The Bengals, I have no faith in the Bengals or Andy Dalton. The Browns are the Browns. I think the Steelers are back in the playoffs next season. Now, I'm making an interesting decision in the AFC South. I'm picking the Texans to make the playoffs instead of the Jaguars. I think the AFC is a lot more competitive than it's been in the past. So I think the Texans, Deshaun Watson's back. Deshaun Watson should have been the rookie of the year this year. Deshaun Watson's going to be incredible. And the Texans have a great roster. I think the Texans have an easier schedule than the Jaguars, and they will make the playoffs next year. Now, the AFC West is incredibly competitive. This is why I made a tough decision. I said, you know, who's going to make the playoffs? I don't know that the Jaguars are in. I think the Jaguars, that's the one I feel the least confident in. But it's because of how incredibly good the AFC West is. The AFC West has the Raiders, the Chiefs, and the Broncos. The Chiefs just brought in Patrick Mahomes to be their starter. Well, they didn't bring him in, but they've committed, it seems like, to Patrick Mahomes being their starter. I think that elevates the Chiefs to being a playoff team. Oh, they're already a playoff team, but this is this just keeps them going. I think the, the Chiefs are even better than they were last year because of the quarterback change. Now, the Raiders have Derek Carr and John Gruden. I think John Gruden significantly elevates Derek Carr and is why I believe the Raiders will be in the playoffs next year season. Now again, it came down to the Broncos or the Jaguars. And it was a really tough call. The Broncos are uh, playoff chances are all predicated on who their quarterback is. If the Broncos can get Kirk Cousins in this year's offseason, then I'm putting I'm placing a bet that the Broncos will be in the I'm not actually placing a bet, but I would I would bet you anything. The Broncos make the playoffs. Because Kirk Cousins is the difference. If the Broncos, who have a great roster, can get Kirk Cousins, that's the difference right there. They're in the playoffs. But if they have a rookie quarterback, if they pick Josh Allen or Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold, I don't know who they're going to pick. But if they have to pick a rookie quarterback, I'm not as convinced they're in the playoffs. There are a quarterback away, but then they're two years away with a rookie. And again, the Jaguars are the team I'm the most torn about. Because I do think... They're, they're incredibly talented, but the quarterback scares me. I want to I see what Blake Bortles is made of. Does he come back even better than last year? Is he the guy we saw against the Patriots? Or is he the guy we saw struggle earlier last year? I don't know. I really don't. And remember, the Texans are in the division. The Texans, the Colts are there. I think the Colts are still a year away. Um, they, they got I like their head coach. I like Frank Reich. I don't know what the, the deal was with Andrew Luck, but I'm curious. But I think the Jaguars are, are out of the playoffs. And then the Ravens. I left the Ravens out. Remember, they were a play away. They were a fluke play at the end of their season for making the playoffs. And yet they had a whole, uh, an ordeal last uh, recently where they th- said they were considering firing their head coach. And I think anytime you have a culture where you're already talking about firing, firing your head coach, it's a problem. I think the Ravens might be a toxic environment. I'm just, I'm kind of, I'm concerned about that. I'm, I think the Ravens could be back. It's very possible. They're on the bubble, similar to the Jaguars. But you're talking about firing your head coach when you just barely miss the playoffs. It's kind of weird. I don't understand that. So I'm very curious. Remember, I have no idea what's going to happen. But I'm, I'm curious to see what changes between now and August. I'm going to revisit this in August and say, these are the teams I picked to make the playoffs. Do I still feel that way? I think that's interesting to me. And I'm very excited. I'm going to move a topic from Wednesday. I was, I was considering doing a topic about uh, which quarterbacks in the NFL draft will do the best Uh, But we're already at 41 minutes. I have one more topic I want to talk about. So I'm going to move that to Wednesday. I want to talk about Johnny Manziel. We got more and more news uh, recently that... We we got more news recently that Johnny Manziel wants back 
in football. My my first my first question is why is he not going to Canada? Why is why does he need so badly to be in the NFL? I I just I don't know. I think you earn your stripes and go to Canada. It it also came out recently that Johnny Manziel is bipolar. That's the message he's sharing. Hey, that's important. That's bipolar is a serious thing. I don't want to take away from that, and I don't want to discriminate. So so why couldn't it work with Johnny Manziel? I have no problem with that. Maybe Johnny Manziel could be a great quarterback in the NFL. But I want to see Johnny Manziel go to Canada. Go prove that you have what it takes to lead a professional football team. Johnny Manziel, go play Canadian football. Don't try to go to the NFL. I mean, look at Strong Opinion Sports. Look at this whole show. This is me trying to prove myself. Look, I can broadcast. I can do a show for an hour multiple times a week. I can do a radio gig. Give me a job. That's my, this is me trying to prove myself. Johnny Manziel should do the same thing. Go to Canada. Go prove you have what it takes. And if you do, go to the NFL. I don't think I've proven it. I don't think I've proven myself yet. But hopefully eventually I'll have big enough numbers where it's like, yeah, Zach Schaumler can do that. He has proven himself as a broadcaster. I just think Johnny Manziel needs to take similar actions to me. Dude, go take a pay cut. Go do something to prove that you can make it. I don't know. I just I would love to see Johnny Manziel in Canada. Plus, I'm interested. I would love to see Johnny Manziel play football in Canada. I, I would. I don't want I don't want to see Johnny Manziel on the bench for like the Ravens is the rumor right now. That won't happen. But like the Ravens or the backup for the Dolphins. I want to see Johnny Manziel play because I'm actually I'm fascinated with him. I want to see if he can win. I really do. So that, that's my whole thing. Johnny Manziel, go to Canada, go play football in Canada, and prove that you can do what it takes to lead a professional football team. My name is Zach Schaumler. Thank you so very much for tuning in. I really appreciate you guys. I love this podcast. Um, my mouth really hurts. I have a, a wisdom tooth coming in and it's, my mouth is bleeding actually, which it doesn't feel good. I'm going to, I'm, I'm ready to be done with this, this episode of the show, put some ice in my mouth, but I'm really excited. I think we're growing. It's incredibly fun. Uh, you know, we are almost at 450 subscribers on YouTube, which is just unbelievable. Um, and I, I want to end the show with this. Actually, I talked a lot about <laughs> I talked a lot about Star Wars The Phantom Menace last podcast. And ever since then, I've been getting a lot of comments. Jar Jar Binks is a Sith Lord. And I'm like, what are you, he has crazy? I just want to say, uh, my my biggest pet peeve maybe in the entire Star Wars franchise is Jar Jar Binks. And now people saying that he's a Sith Lord just, oh, it infuriates me. I, I, I he's, he's not. He absolutely, Jar Jar Binks is not a Sith Lord. If you've seen the video, you know what I'm talking about. Drives me nuts. That that people saying that just drives me bonkers. You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find the full entire hour-long podcast on YouTube. You can also find my shorter, best, most interesting clips on YouTube. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. Help me grow the podcast by telling your friends, hey, there's this podcast, this goofy dude Zach Schaumler sits down into a mic and talks about sports. If you like this podcast, help me out and tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. My name is Zach Schaumler. Thank you so very much for listening. Oh, there's one more thing. Last week on the podcast, or last Saturday, whenever I made the last podcast, I talked about Draymond Green. And I showed a clip giving an example of what he did, but I didn't describe what he did for the people only listening on the podcast version. So I apologize. I want to learn from that. I know there are people who listen to Strong Opinion Sports who are blind, so I want to always be describing things. I just I played a clip, and I didn't describe what happened in the clip, so I want to learn from that and do better next time. 
My name is Zach Schaumler. Thank you so very much for listening and have a great day, everybody. I'll talk to you guys on Wednesday. My buddy Lara Schick is coming on the podcast. It'll release later um, on probably after midnight, uh, early Thursday morning, late Wednesday night. But I'm really excited. Lara's coming on. It should be a great podcast. And, and I'm really excited for Wednesday. My name is Zach Schaumler. Thank you so very much for listening. Have a great day, everybody. Bam, bam, we're done.